Thanks for jumping into another podcast episode brought to you by Bad Tabletop Gaming. Your hosts are Bill, Armin, Andy, and Dan. If you are a new listener, welcome and thank you for your support. If you're a returning listener, welcome back and thank you for your support. Before we kick this new episode, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Tony at Hammerhead Games, who has a variety of MDF and plastic cut gaming essentials from army trays to objectives and much, much more. And Matt at Pop Goes the Monkey, who has a large inventory of top-notch upgrade bits and specialized add-ons for the models in your collection. Links for both pages can be found in the descriptions of our videos. Lastly, if you like what we are doing, please like, share, and subscribe. Also hit us up in the comments, as we love all the feedback you give us to help us improve the channel and podcasts. Hey everybody, it's Andy here from Bad Tabletop Gaming. Welcome to our latest podcast. Today I got with me Armin, and hey we guys. also have James. He's, How's it going? He's here with us. We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, start of the week here for us. How about yourself? You doing good? Living the dream. <laughs> so James is uh, joining us today, and we're going to be talking about the world leaders so james if you want to just maybe introduce yourself kind of let you let us know where where you've been what you've been doing you know yeah for sure um well i've taken the the last uh the last few events off but uh currently i'm working on my uh my blood angels and hopefully they'll uh, see some action next lvo in adepticon um but yeah, just uh, taking it easy, working on uh, some AOS stuff, some 40k stuff. Nice. Uh, but excited to be talking about 30k, my my favorite game. So <laughs> looking forward to the chat. Excellent, excellent. I know uh, I know Armin and, and James have had some really good battles in tournaments in, in the past. So pretty excited for both of them to be here and chatting with us. So um, I don't think yeah. there's ever with James where I didn't sweat a shirt that needed to go change halfway through the game. <laughs> you're you're my arch nemesis, Armin. You're the only person to ever beat me in a tournament in a in a game. So, you know, uh you you, you cost me last LVO, damn you. Or the last one I went to. I didn't go to the last one. But uh... <laughs> and I didn't even win one. Where I know. <laughs> so that's that's really disappointing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, some good fights for for thirty k. That's for sure. But uh, let's get let's let's pop this off, I guess. Um, so yeah, world eaters. So what what drew you to play the Legion there, James? Ooh, well you know um, it's kind of a kind of a cop out answer, but uh, they were one of the only legions that uh, were available when I started thirty k back in <laughs> uh, the first book when it was released and. Uh, you know, I couldn't uh, couldn't live with myself if I played uh, Emperor's Children. Um, so you know, World Eaters, uh, I I had dabbled with them in 40k. I love corn, so uh, they kind of they kind of were the natural choice, and it kind of started a on again off again relationship over the past you know several years. But uh, they've got a place close to my heart for sure. Nice, yes, yeah, I hear you on that. The uh, World Eaters were right up there with my ultramarines so <laughs> and, uh, wasn't Angron one of the first ones to come out 
Angron was the first Primark yes. to come out. And I, I actually, I remember sitting in our local games workshop here in Edmonton uh, when that picture leaked and just having a complete conniption uh, about, oh my God, they're finally doing Primark, something they swore they were never going to do. And uh, yeah, I, I still remember how excited I was to this day. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it's that excitement when when the new stuff comes out, or even just that alone, the first Primark to come out, Heresy's coming out. You know, it'd be, it'd be yeah, nice, and, nice for that to come back, kind of thing, and just bam. You know. Yeah, that excitement it was palpable, and you know, for the record, Angron still holds up. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, aren't you know comment about how he's kind of lower in stature, but you got to keep in mind the guy's a hulking, convulsing you know, agonizing barbarian. So he's not exactly, you know, uh, standing up straight, but that model still, still holds its own. Yeah. It does. Just wait when the, uh, the rules for him as a demon prince come out and then we'll see. Yeah, it'll be cool. I well, can't that... wait for his demon dreadlocks. Well, the way, the way that they've done some of the models as late, it'd be, it'd be nice to see what they would do for that model. And uh, totally, I'm, they can do so much, right? So, <laughs> yeah, that'd be one to pick up for sure, even if I'm not playing them. So, oh, yeah, yeah, especially like when you look at the you know, the plastic bloodthirster models, oh. um, you can just like imagine how they're gonna do that crazy guy, right? Like, it's gonna be you know, the the black sword, the giant wings, the like I said, the dreadlocks that everyone mm -hmm. loves in the art, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, got another question for you here. Actually, we got a few, but... Um, Uh-oh. So, from the Legion, the Legion Rite of Wars, out of the two that they have, what would you say is the one you use or your favorite one that you would use out of those two? You know, just due to, due to my play style, I'm very partial to Berserker Assault. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the unique things about World Eaters is they don't rely on special units to be particularly strong. So, you know, having a right of war with an extra troop tax isn't really a disadvantage. Um, and, you know, like, we we've all played with and against world eaters and knowing how much hatred has an effect in the game uh world eaters are not a legion that sits in their deployment zone so almost overwhelmingly you know you're not fighting in your deployment zone um maybe with the exception of holding back and guarding an objective so having that hatred on your army is is a deal breaker for sure yeah no total total truth on that one with like you're talking about not being in your own zone like at all <laughs> really yeah you literally and... you literally are, are going straight at the enemy with you know usually tons of infantry be it on the ground or come down in pods you know and it's just uh, and... oh it's crazy it, it's it's very overwhelming, right? And and that being said, you know, world leaders are one of the armies actually where I I'm I'm actually still think that the other right of war the uh the crimson path um it's a, it's still a good right of war um especially if you want to play a little bit more conservative and a little bit more defensive um when you're when you're getting that plus one to feel no pain 
especially with with Galen Serlak and Inducti, you can actually make a very very durable army. Um, so it's not it's not so much that that one isn't good. It's just I love the berserk the berserk assault. That's the one I used too, and I used to play world leaders. Yeah, well they're tough, yeah. man. Like yeah. having that feel no pain and stuff like. It it makes them tough, and giving um, you know independent characters, it will not die. Like that's that's solid too. And I think with world leaders, the inducti were probably my favorite unit. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah, hands <laughs> down, right? You know, um, and that's kind of what I you know what I mean when I was saying you don't need special units because like really, inducti are still tactical marines, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're still your your base troop choice it's just you know having you know uh galen um unlocks that kind of you know oh no i'm losing you know two ballistic skill but you're gaining a strength which on world eaters just stacks exponentially with chain axes mm -hmm. driving the nails in That's pretty right. much <laughs> yeah yeah so but um i guess we we'll almost kind of answer that the third question but uh, we'll go through it here. Um, out of the Legion units, do you, you have a favorite out of them? Maybe. Yeah, you know, a couple. I, 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 yeah, I think um, again, world leaders are are a cool Legion because you know they've got the ability to play very fluffily using just the generic units. Um, you know, the ability to get chain axes, I think, adds. I owe like a, a ton of flavor, right? Um, I personally like from from a from a game lore perspective, I love the rampagers. Just like the image of these crazy gladiators wheeling, you know, their cadre weapons, and there's like uh -huh. six different weapons on the list, right? Um, you know, from from a gameplay perspective. Um, Definitely, I would lean towards Inducti. Don't get me wrong, Red Butchers are awesome. Um, but, you know, as, as you guys know, I, I I confess I'm a little bit of a, a power gamer. And, uh, you know, when it comes to just the raw math, I feel that Terminators um, armed with, you know, Chain Fists um, are probably better you know, in a competitive setting point for point than Red Butchers. Yep. Um, but but by no means do, am I saying Red Butchers aren't a good unit, because if you've got like five to ten of them charging out of a Spartan, you know, you're, you're mulching stuff, right? You're just you're just paying a heavy point cost for it. Definitely. How about you, Armin? Terminators over Butchers? Terminators over Butchers? Yeah. Well... The butchers are good, but they die, right? <laughs> so, it, and I and I feel that they're not as versatile, right? Like well, they're they... they're like killing other terminators because they're just going to massacre each other, right? Yeah, like yeah. if you're fighting another specialty unit or anything like that, they're just going to massacre each other. But then if you look at the versatility of regular terminators, they can do the same thing as butchers. I mean, not quite as well because butchers have the hatred and and you know, but, well, yeah, but they also have power that can deal with other stuff. Right. So, I mean, I really do like butchers um, for the fluffiness, and they're really good at fighting other units, um, just as good as other Terminators. But I find that versatility wise, 
that, that that's old. old yeah. Old, right. They don't really have an for armor. Right? And I, I mean, the chain fist. Gone. Yeah, I think you know, I think the chain fist Terminator is still point for point one of the you know, especially especially in world eaters, right? Because when you look at them, their their buffs, their their legio buffs, and mm-hmm. their right of war buffs, you know. You're not just getting a Terminator. You're getting a Terminator that has hatred outside of his deployment zone and that has rage if you take, um, you know, the blood, uh, the blood madness, right? So, you know, compared to other Terminators, they are, in terms of combat, far, far none, you know, a, a league above. And, and like Armin said, right, like versatility counts for a lot in 30k. And you got to keep in mind what kind of units your opponents are throwing against you, right? So if you've got a Death Star on Death Star, a lot of units have Strength 8 Power Fists and Chain Fists, yeah, that's right. which are instant deathing your two-wound Red Butchers and, and negating their feel-no-pain. So I think a lot of the points cost of Red Butchers comes from the fact that they've got a feel-no-pain and that they've got a like you know two wounds so yeah against normal marines you're gonna get every point worth out of them but if you're going up against custodes with like solarite gauntlets good luck right they're gonna drop as easy as regular terminator and cataphracty for sure for sure pretty pretty cool unit but again yeah it's they have they have their place right oh totally and and like oh go ahead darman well, I was just going to say, like, point-wise, like, if you look at them in points, like, they're not terrible, no. right? But they're, because they're not terribly overpriced either. No. Right? But no, they're, they're, they're good. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you want to, I, I would never be like, oh, you're playing Red Butchers. Oh, they're, they're definitely not that. Um, I, I agree. Um. I just think, you know, if you're looking at it from a purely like, okay, I'm going to try to get the most out of bang for my buck out of every point, um, regular Terminators in conjunction with the World Eater rules probably eke out ahead for uh, points economy and versatility. Yeah, fair enough. Good points. You know, I know I, I know, wrong. I know. I, I still had 10. <laughs> I still had 10 I, in a Spartan for cool games. <laughs> I used, yeah, see, I used to run five of them, and then and then same kind of thing as I switched over to just regular Terminators. And same kind of idea, right? So, but um, yeah, well, no, it's pretty that's cool. The, and that's the thing, versatility, right? Yep. But if we're playing games like, you know, you're playing games like Zone um, or Talus, then I think they're perfect because... You know, the few dreadnoughts that you have, usually you'll have answers or the guy with the chain fist can handle them, right? The sergeant, yeah. you can give him two chain fists. Yeah, right? the, the devourer can get two chain fists. And, right. uh, and and like, let's let's not forget too, right? Like as far as special terminators go, they've got to be some of the coolest looking, like oh. from their helms <laughs> to their, you know, their dual chain or their dual power axes. Like, they are just all-around cool models. Yeah, they are. I, yeah. I still like yeah. them. <laughs> but I do know, I have noticed, though, like, in, in these last podcasts that we've had, a lot of times these Allegiance-specific units tend to come up and say, you know, like an Armin's mentioned, they'll be really good in, in Zone Mortalis. It almost seems like it's, that was kind of almost a theme with them, right? Like, with the specific Legion armies, uh, units and stuff, so... It's, it's... Yeah, and I think 
I, I think a lot of the Legion specific units are designed to be centerpiece units, right? Like almost like Death Stars, where you've got your Primarch in there, you've got your, you know, your apothecaries and your chaplains. So they're they're, you know, they're buffed up a lot, right? And uh, and like let's and let's be honest, you know, we all play 30k because we love the story and the scope and the theme. Yep. And I think when you're playing a giant game or or a Zone Mortalis game where there are certain limitations um, to the Force Org and what you can take, um, you know, the points economy and the points efficiency is less of a factor. Like it, when you're playing a 10,000 point mega battle, oh man, you know, my, my kill the death ratio on points is a lot, lot less important than it is if you're at like the top table of LVO, for example. That's right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know the top table of LVO, but I'll take your guys' word for it. <laughs> but um, no, right on. That's awesome. Um, last question, probably one of the most important questions. What is your favorite fluff from the Legion? Or about Ooh. the Legion? You know, for me, I, I have to say it centers around, you know, the, the Karn, um, Angron, and of course everyone's favorite uh captain of the of the uh the flagship. Um oh what's her name? It's slipping my mind right now, tip of my tongue. Um but uh the, the non Astartes uh chick who just whoops ass um i think um, I don't know what her name is. yeah it's gonna bother me because like every world leaders it. fan loves her um <laughs> but i i think you know especially having read all of the heresy books and you know i think i think it's really easy to chalk up the world leaders as a very one-dimensional uh legion right a bunch of crazy berserkers but the story behind it um, it's it's a really tragic story, right? Like Angron was a really tragic character. Like he was the only one out of all of his brothers that didn't conquer the world that he was on, didn't rule it. You know, it seems like the emperor singled him out to be a complete d bag to. Um, and you know, it's a story of 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 really of pain and suffering, right? Like Angron isn't angry so much as he's in pain right like the nails are causing him this this excruciating agony and the only way to numb the pain is to commit acts of violence right so i think they did a really good job especially in the later novels like if you've read the um the angron um uh primark novel uh about you know, kind of this fall from grace about the world leaders like when they were the warhounds and how they fought and like the ancient greek phalanx style like still a super brutal combat oriented legion but how it was all about control and just basically this degradation and de-evolution of this of these proud warriors into basically these crazy maniac you know berserkers um, so I don't know. I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for an underdog, and uh, Angron is definitely the quintessential <laughs> definition of one. Was that uh, uh, her name? Is, is it Lotara? Lotana. Yeah, Lotara. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Taran. Taran, uh, you know, but... Flag captain of the Twelfth Legion <laughs> of Worship the... Conqueror. Does that yeah, sound about right? Yeah, and just just putting it in there. When they eventually get around to you know 
Battlefleet Gothic Heresy oh. edition or whatever it's going to be. Uh, I cannot wait to just, you know, scream, you know, fire the Ursus Claws. <laughs> I know that uh, they, they, they just recently implemented them in Titanicus, um, the Ursus Claws on Warhound Titans um, for the Legio Audax, the, the world leader, um, like accompanying titan legion and they are just so cool and epitomize the world eaters so much that's awesome i know did uh was, did jason do a startup on uh, the legion or the legio for titanicus that um no he he's he uh he's doing um volpa is his new legion oh, okay um, okay I think, you know, Audax is going to be interesting in Titanicus um, because they're one of the only legions that's exclusively Warhounds, so it's pretty limiting in terms of that game. Um, but for cool factor, and I'm sure there are going to be people who figure out ways to make it work, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you don't get much more world-eatery than a bunch of Titans launching harpoons into, you know, bigger Titans and dragging them into the ground. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Well, that's straight from the story. So, yeah, it's. Oh, uh, cool. I think I think it was what there was a one of the earlier audiobooks um, that paired up Angron and Lorgar, and they they fight a Dark Eldar ship, and the Dark Eldar like weaving in and out, and uh, they fire the Ursus claws and just pull the ship in and board it. That was one of my favorite uh, heresy moments. <laughs> Is when they uh, like oh poor dark Eldar. Yeah, you're just you just remind me of um, I think one of the memorable uh, little scenes that they had. I think it's in Betrayer. Is when the the I think it's the Warhound crew. Oh yeah. Is is, is you know they see the enemy kind of thing, and I I think Logar is down there, and I think the Warhound is like about to crush them but then all they yeah, see is these them. <laughs> spoiler alert of course of course they see all the world leaders like cheering yeah and they're like what's going on and there's like some kind of resistance to their 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 titan and sure enough it's you know <laughs> it's, Angron, it's, it's Angron. Yeah. <laughs> holding single-handedly holding up a warhound titan's foot yeah. um I, I i love those kind of like moments that really highlight the you know the the over the topness of the Primarchs. That's that's the same um, that's the same book where Lorgar and Gilliman are going at it, and Gilliman's like, "Oh man, Lorgar has upped his game. He's like, you know, uh, you know, holding his own." And then Angron comes running up, and Gilliman's just like, "Okay, well, maybe I could hold him off for a few seconds, but I'm not going to win this fight," <laughs> and just books it. Um, and there's another uh, in one of the the early books another moment similar to that with Korax right when on Istavan where you know Korax has got his power whip and is like whipping rhinos in half and uh he just hears this primordial roar and you know he thinks to himself he's like yeah like I'm a I'm a primarch I'm like an undisputed you know warrior supreme but Angron is a god of battle and you know he just hoofs it out of there Good world leader moments. Yeah, pr <laughs> probably the one Primarch I would not. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to come across any Primarch, yeah, but any of them, yeah. <laughs> he would probably be the one. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, good fun. And I, good fun. I, I, I think that's one of one of the things that I love about 30k is when you see the fluff 
you know, reflected on the tabletop. And I think world eaters are one of those legions that they they totally epitomize and the rules totally epitomize what they are right like the 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 no the no going to ground the the rage the hatred angron's rules right even even the way angron's stat line is reflected because you know he gets picked on a lot for being the one prime arc that has a three up save you know he's got a, a slightly lower you know um you know survivability uh compared to some of the other prime arcs um but that is very indicative to the fluff besides the fact that he's a crazy berserker he also was dying right he yep. was you know coming close to the end um now that being said you know for those people who cry that angron needs a buff he most certainly doesn't um you know he still is in my opinion one of the stronger primarchs especially if you play him right and and are able to ramp up his attacks he can go toe to toe with with russ um and and horus when maxed out at attacks um so he's by no means a, a chump yeah for sure i can i can yeah, I like that. how uh, <clears throat> i like how yeah we're going to talk about spoilers but i like how he um, as you mentioned like he is dying right? And who saves him, right? Like, yeah, you could say it was the Chaos Gods, but it wasn't, right? It was Magnus. Yeah. Right? Yeah, in a, in, a, in a yeah roundabout way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Magnus is the one that decides to actually save his brother by, of course, you know, helping him turn to... Uh... Oh, no, that was Lorgar. Lorgar? Yeah, it was Lorgar. Yeah, it was it was Lorgar. Yeah, in in that was in the whole shadow the shadow crusade. Yeah, didn't um, didn't Lorgar like jack him up pretty much? Yeah, he did. Yeah, it was it was Lorgar. Yeah, because huh. the nails were killing him, right? Yeah. So maybe it was Lorgar, because Lorgar did help too. So maybe I'm just confusing that. It's okay, we'll we'll, well both frantically <laughs> go through all of our uh, all of our books and. Uh, it's okay. okay. Even even if it was Lorgar, Magnus de facto did it because you know, without Magnus, Lorgar would be a chump. <laughs> yeah. I just I just I mean, love the. Let's know because I I actually am interested to know exactly which book if I'm right or not. Uh, I th I think it's. I thought I remember reading it, but I'm gonna have to. Uh, it go it back might and... be in Betrayer. I I think I think it might be okay. in Betrayer at the end of the Betrayer. Um. But uh, yeah, yeah, we can check that out after there. <laughs> I just, I just love, I love the 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 whole relationship and story between the three there: Logar, Angron, and Gulliman. There's just oh, totally that that little. It's like their own little kind of battle happening, right? Well, so and and one thing that I think is really kind of it was it was very subtly implemented into the fluff. Uh, and and bear in mind for those who are listening, right? Like, yes, like, like it's been a long time since <laughs> I think since uh, I've I've read all of the books. So if I get something wrong, bear with me. But um, you know, the the planet Nucrisia or whatever it was, Angron's planet, uh, actually was in Ultramar, right? So I think it kind of shows, you know, Angron's contempt and disgust for you know, quote unquote, this perfect realm. And I think it shows. You know, even at the height of, you know, 
the the grandeur of humanity when Ultramar was, you know, the shining pillar, it, there were still some really shitty things going on and some shitty planets and, you know, definitely things slipped through the cracks um, and, you know, Agron got a raw deal uh, on the planet he landed on. Yeah, he had, uh, he, he really had like a, a bit of hate towards Gullman because like it was, Gullman pretty much was brought up and had everything. And then... yeah, yeah, Gilliman was very much the, uh, um, you know, the epitome, the the, the the cast of people that on Nucresia basically exploited the gladiatorial games, mm-hmm. right? Which sounds like our history. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Romans. Um, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, like everything about Angron, when you look at it, out of all of the Primarchs that turned, I'd say he was the only one that had a legitimate reason to. And, you know, there's a reason why he was the first one that joined Horus. And Horus, you all, excluding Lorgar and his shenanigans, but, you know, Horus knew that, you know, he, he didn't need to convince Angron. The Emperor was just another tyrant to overthrow, right? To release the shackles <laughs> from. See, and I remember, I remember, I can't remember where I read it, but I remember it was like Angron hated didn't like either of them like horse or yeah but he hated the emperor more totally right, right? so he, yeah like and especially by the end like you know going through the solar war books you can tell like angron you know he just he hates everybody right you know he <laughs> he and, and i think that's the other thing you know with the exception of maybe curs angron hates his legion the most right like you know he doesn't have that paternal or paternal instinct right when you're reading the primarch book um for him and that last you know when the the one that has the the last world leader librarian and galen serlach and basically the the forced implementation of the nails on the rest of the legion like you know angman just goes off on these rages when the legion is assembled and butchers his own guys and this is way before the heresy right so like you know, sucks to be a world leader. <laughs> yeah, you want to be a you want to be a world leader on the line and not an officer. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah. Look at like the when when they discovered him, right? You know, every every high ranking, you know, world leader with you know, until Karn went in, got <laughs> you know one shot, and uh, <laughs> and Karn is another really cool character too, right? Like you know. Um, I think when people think of world eaters, especially for those that are in 40k and not so much into 30k, Karn is the you know the the person that they think of because Karn is the one who's most active, um, you know, in in the story and in the current fluff, right? You know, like Angron comes out every few thousand years on a on a war path and you know messes up Armageddon, but Karn and the Eightfold Path is really kind of you know the the star of the world eaters legion definitely and he has such a nice model in 40k too so oh yeah totally (laughs) and and, yeah and he's he's just a cool character right like you know um and uh you know all through 30k um you know he he's 
he's a pretty reasonable guy, right? Like when you're reading, when you're reading the books, you really kind of empathize with him that, you know, he's basically the one who's got to clean up the messes and, uh, you know, hold the Legion together, which, you know, in my opinion, kind of act, you know, furthers the tragedy of the world leaders in that, you know, eventually he's the one that finally shatters the Legion into the warbands. It's uh yeah the, the world leaders just have had a rough a rough <laughs> luck since the very start right yeah no that is true but we still love them so <laughs> oh yeah and and you know from a game perspective you know uh, and you know Armin feel free to feel free to jump in here because I know that um, we've talked about it lots I I think when you're looking at legion rules world leaders are still probably you know, excluding you know the thousand suns and 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 whatnot are still a, a a top top tier legion um in terms of their legion rules and whatnot and as far as combat goes i'd say that they're they're still the best legion for pure combat i wouldn't disagree that's for sure right i've definitely uh seen them fight <laughs> yeah they, you, 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 well when when you're when you're playing marines you, you basically it's more of a not can you beat them can you avoid them long enough to kill them right yeah. like yeah. uh you know and and you look at some of the other legions and and over and around, like I, I love blood angels you know they're a combat legion space wolves you could argue are a combat legion um the the combination of the rules and and chain axes it it world leaders are just so tough to compete with for a combat centric legion and you know and you know obviously it's changed a little bit with custodes coming out and and the demons you know they're they're definitely giving the world leaders a run for their money mm -hmm. um but prior to those armies like you know you get charged by 20 inducti and you're looking at 100 attacks at strength six with with re-rolling hits and re-rolling wound rolls of one like you're just evaporating like i i know like i've evaporated sekhmet squads i've evaporated you know um you know 20 man demon units like they're just a scary unit yeah, they are, yeah. lots of attacks that's for sure and, and they're dirt cheap too right they're they're yeah. tactical marines <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Nice. Well, that was a, that was a good good rundown on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I guess now we can, uh, yeah, start actually going over the the Legion rules themselves. Um, Armin, did you want to uh, read off read them off? The Legion rules. Yeah. Well, what do they got? Legion of Stardis, of course, incarnate violence, so they may reroll to wound. Rolls a one, and then he turn which to charge into combat, right? Unless it's a force of the sword to charge, and then character models also get plus one weapon skill when fighting in a challenge, right? So it's like a mini version of of hatred, right? Well, or yeah, sorry, or, or, cut, cut closer to preferred enemy, right? That's right. With that's right, closer, to me, but it's only to wound, but still, it makes a it makes a difference, yeah. right? Well, especially if you're strength six, wounding most things on twos, anyways. That's right, that's right. Yeah, with chain up, right? And then with bloodlust after winning an assault, models with the special rule have to consolidate toward the nearest enemy unit 
that they're able to harm, right? Um, so should, they, should a unit with this rule, so Bloodlust, lose a morale check after being defeated in combat, um, you roll a d6. On a four plus, you actually don't flee, so you count as passing a morale check, right? But then you get rage. They make it sound like it's a bad thing, but now this gets subject to rage for the rest of the battle. That's kind of an awesome yeah, I, I I think one thing that's interesting to note about this rule um, is, you know, Andy and I were talking about it before we went on. It's probably, uh, with the exception of doing like a themed campaign, um, a rule that you'll never see in play, just yeah. because the alternate rule, Blood Madness, is just so much better, right? Um, you know getting the getting the rage to start out with um and then you know of course not being able to make voluntary go to grounds or choose to fail morale tests mm-hmm. um and and the consolidate is the same as the uh the bloodlust but overall it's just <laughs> in my opinion like having having rage all the time uh is just bananas um, so again, unless you're playing a themed campaign, you know, you're playing the Warhounds Legion, I, I don't see why you'd ever not take Blood Madness. So you have a choice then? Yeah. 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 It's okay. uh, basically any any battle um, after Istavan, you can choose to swap out Bloodlust for Blood Madness. Um, okay. Yeah, as a trader so, force, pretty much, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the one I've used all the time. The Blood Madness is a a little bit more uh, useful, I guess, unless you're playing, uh, you know, Istvan campaign or something like that. Totally. Yeah, totally. Right. Like if you're playing like the fall of the world eaters or if you want to, like Andy said, um, you know, I think there's a few there's a few still loyal world eater characters. So definitely for those themed loyalists like Dabin Shar or whatever his name is, I can't remember, um, you know, you definitely want to go blood madness yeah makes sense nice and then we got uh their specific units that we'll look into after this but they uh yeah they also well, have forget war gear i think it's important to note their war gear options because yeah. yeah, they've yeah. got a lot Talk about that. um you know i think you know we mentioned it a few times but but chain axes right like <laughs> what you know, and the the ability to swap out a chain axe uh, for free for any model with a chain sword, um, you know, uh, is I think I think most legions would pay like multiple points for that ability. Yeah. Chain axe is giving you the AP four, which is a lot more prevalent against you know solar ox and demons. Um, but what really like the plus one strength is just so big um, for space marines, right? And and honestly, when I think of crazed berserkers, I really don't think swords. I think axes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, like it, I, 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 yeah. The chain axe is the chain axe is synonymous with the world eaters and with you know, let's be honest, corn. Yeah. Right. Like it's it's just <laughs> it's an awesome weapon. They look great. Um, I wish. They weren't so fragile on the models because it's a real Correct. pain in the butt <laughs> to, to model them all. And, and speaking um, of that, you you actually used um, what were they? They were Sons of Horse Reaver. Yeah. Axes? So I did two. 
Yeah, I did two things. So um, I used the Sons of Horus Reaver axes because they were actually a they're they're cool looking axes, gives you a bit of variety, um, but you're not having to pin vice drill a bunch of arms. Um, and the the second one I used was um, you know like one of the I think it was I think it was Cromlech that had some uh, chain axes that that fit the scale, uh, but for anyone out there, you know. Um, they're probably one of the most, um, you know, uh, re-sculpted things in the 30k world, uh, just because they're such a pain to pin vice drill and and whatnot. <laughs> Fair enough. And speaking, um, of, and then you got uh, you got their other weapons too, right? The... Yeah, they're uh, they're gladiator weapons. Um, <laughs> You know, I I think in terms of of flavor, like no legion gets this much love, right? Like, you know, you get the the meteor hammers, which are plus two strength, AP five, two handed, concussive, and plus one initiative. So, you know, if you if you're an avid world leaders fan, um, you've probably seen online, um, uh, you know, the conversions of those giant flails. Um, you know, on the chains, that's the meteor hammer conversion. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really cool, fun weapon. And, and, and out of all of them, um, I'd probably say that is my favorite. Um, you know, cause then you've got the, uh, the, the super big chain ax, which is plus one strength, AP three, you know, specialist weapon shred and unwieldy. So, you know, definitely cool, definitely fluffy. Um, but, you know, I'll honestly probably just put a power fist on a guy if I want, you know, uh, if I'm going to have an unwieldy weapon. The, uh, the you know, twin... If they, fa- if they had it, like, minus one initiative or something? Totally. Yeah, right? if it was like, minus yeah, one initiative... Might, right, you strike before power fists, but after yeah. regular guy. Like, that's kind of the big thing. And in this case, because I wanted to talk about this weapon, because I think it's awesome, but it just doesn't make sense. Because the unwieldy, as soon as you're striking at the same time as power fists, and you're much worse, why do you want this weapon? Right? Yeah, the excoriator um, yeah. chain axe. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And I mean, don't well, get me wrong, if you can hide it in units, then maybe it's a little bit different, but make it like minus one or minus two initiative or whatever, you know, you strike after or a model with the chain sword or whatever else, but you strike before a power fist. See, that's cool. Right. Yeah, totally. And and I think I think you'd see more use of it all because I, I know a lot of people like to, you know, have these weapons on there, you know, um, you know, like you can you can swap out uh, characters so like your, your unit champions and sergeants and stuff. And, you know, again, most people take artificer armor on their unit champions um, or a lot of them do. So like, you know, it's kind of anticlimactic. You've got this beautiful model with this awesome chain sword. And you're just going to have someone tank it with a two-up save indefinitely, <laughs> right? For for five turns of combat. Yeah, it's, it's, it, one thing I noticed, kind of with all these fancy weapons, it just kind of sucks that people always end up going towards the same weapon, be it a Paragon Blade or you know, Power or, Fist, you yeah, know, or uh, the, or the new divining blade or whatever it's called oh yeah like you have the 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 auto include blade yeah pretty um, much yeah but, um but this but, is specific yeah. for that for one of the units right mainly so yeah and 
Well, the the nice thing, okay. So the one thing about these weapons to note, they're they yes, they are for um the rampager squads, but any character can swap out any of their armaments, and it so it doesn't, uh, or yeah, it doesn't it doesn't specify independent characters. It actually says any independent character or character. That's um, right. So so sergeants, you know, can get this stuff. Um, and I think you know, let's be honest. Um. A lot of the things in 30k that are that are really cool, it isn't necessarily that they're not good. It's that there's a point barrier, and I think these weapons are a perfect example of that. Because when you look, any one of these weapons is 15 points. You know, if if it was five points, I think it would be a lot more tempting. You know, to take these weapons, especially on rampager squads. Um, but when you're looking at 15 points, like like that's pretty close to a power fist if not a power fist depending on what unit right yeah very true right very true uh so i think the next one is the twin phalanx blades um which which they're cool again they look cool they you know they give you plus one attack rending specialist weapon they kind of fit into the category of charnable sabers for me Hmm. which is super iconic super cool but the game doesn't do them justice to how they're portrayed in the fluff, right? Like when you read about like the the artisan crafted Chernobyl sabers or whatever, you know, they make it sound like it's a you know a power fencing blade on steroids that you know when wielded by Lucius or Saul Tarvitz or one of those swordsmen, you know, can just absolutely go through power armor and all the joints. In actuality, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's true. Um, and then the uh, the final one, you know, is the the barb hook lash, um, which is the fleshbane weapon. Now, I I will say this: since the release of demons, um, and their plethora of toughness six to nine creatures, uh, and toughness five base creatures, um, you know, there's something that I might actually look at if you know you're you're doing like a, a themed campaign or you know if if you're talking with your opponent about what you're going to be playing beforehand um because yeah if you're going up against an army with two you know um demonic behemoths a, a few barbed hook lashes would do you some good wounding them on a two up but uh, otherwise i don't know I, I they're again it's kind of a lackluster thing what what, what do you guys think I, uh, I, I've used out of those weapons again, the meteor hammer, like yeah, out of all of them, yeah, that, that's, that's the one that I was using. Right. Yeah. Um, so like game wise, never really used the rampagers that much. Yeah. Um, but for modeling wise, like ideas just go through my head, right? Like, oh, totally. Th- there, there's yeah. things you can do. Like, <laughs> well, and like especially if you've ever seen that show Spartacus. Yeah. Um, I know. I know. When I was watching that show, you know, I just kept I kept jotting down ideas uh, for world leaders, right? Everything from poses to mm-hmm. you know weapons. So if you're looking for some like really crazy over the top world leader conversion ideas, watch Spartacus uh, because you'll come out of that show with a long list of conversion ideas. And, and that was one of the things, like, uh, same same thing for me, uh, same idea, because I love that kind of stuff too. But 
like, you know, even having a world leader with like an electro uh, net with the, the trident or a spear or something, you know yeah. what I mean? Because they're all gladiators, yeah. right? Like this is the totally. squad. This is the squad you'd make each individual guy look like an a gladiator of different sorts, right? Yeah, so. exactly. And I and I know um, there's a, a fan made thirty uh, k kill team uh, rule set floating around. Like this just screams that to me. <laughs> you know, like totally. Uh, and even you know, even zone mortalis and stuff. Like if you're building a really kind of honed in force where you want to put that effort, um, world eaters are I think one of the best legions for that um in terms of diversity of weapons and you know you, you can just you know they're when i was describing it to one of my friends who um you know wasn't into 40k or 30k you know i'm like i told them you know the movie 300 times that by 100 and that's what world eaters are right like just the gore the <laughs> you know the the violence the the craziness that that is to me the the heart and soul of world eaters Oh, and I mean the sure. like weapon itself, the fluffing one, is always good, right? Yeah. But as you said, James, ultimately, like point wise, I don't think it's worth it. But yeah. if you're gonna spend the time, you're gonna make your unit look good. Like, these are the weapons you want to get, right? Yeah, totally. They look unreal. Right? Yeah. For yeah. Sure. And and like let's be honest, like we all know, like Forge World has said they're gonna redo the red books once all the legions are done. Um, I think everyone is expecting, um, particularly the original legions, um, they're going to be tweaks, right? I, I know um, they've, they've tweaked a lot since Betrayer or whatever the first book was um, a long time ago. Um, but these are those kind of things that I could really see getting a points change, uh, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be nice to yeah. see when that happens, but <laughs> yeah, you never points. know. You can't. You're not going to hold your breath, but no, you but... know, uh, it's it's still, um, you know, it's it, it makes sense, right? Yeah. I, I think you know nobody looks at that weapon list, especially you know, like what? Well, how many points is the divining blade? You know, I like you have to buy the paragon blade and then get the divining blade on top of it. You know, you're paying like what? It's like, like 60, 60 points, points. 65 yeah 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 <laughs> you know <laughs> you know personally right now as it sits i'd rather take a divining blade over three you know flesh hooks and barbs but yeah. if they were five points and suddenly it was oh i can take 12 of them you know maybe maybe that's uh something that i'd consider taking <laughs> yeah right on right on so we got uh, Red Wars. I know we briefly talked about them, but we can go into more detail what they are. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, give her. Um, so yeah, we talked about it at the uh, the beginning, right? But uh, Berserk Assault, um, the big thing is you gain hatred uh, when outside of your own deployment zone, and you must always attempt to make sweeping advances if able. Um, World Leaders are one of those armies that you're going to be wanting to move up, push out of your deployment zone. Um, you know, like myself, when I played them, I played a very competitive drop army. Um, so, you know, even if there was an objective in my side of the board, I drop down out of my deployment zone, kill my enemy, and then hoof it back to get my objective. Um, you know, you, you always got to make 
the attempt to make the sweeping advances, if able, you know, um, not really a hindrance, I don't think. Um, and you always get to re-roll, you always must re-roll failed pitting tests and re-roll run rolls of one. So again, you know, that's to me are, are pluses. Um, and the only limitations are you need an extra tube choice, which we've kind of already touched on for world leaders that isn't attacks because you could argue that their best unit is their troop choice. Um, and uh, you can't take more vehicles with the tank or flyer type than you have with infantry units in the detachment. Um, and of course, you can only take a single console, not a librarian, um, and you can't take any fortifications or, or allies. So overall, um, when you look at limitations versus benefits, this is one of, you know, excluding Guard of the Crimson King, this one stands out as one of the best pros with the least amount of drawbacks. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you guys think? I agree, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, with the ability to just throw chain axes on all your tactical marines, it makes them that much tougher. Yeah. Right? And, and, and I guess I wanted to mention, like, when would you ever not want a sweeping advance? Uh, never. <laughs> Pretty much. Nah, with Williams, <laughs> never. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. reason right now why you would not. Well, yeah, there. The only time that you're not going to as a world leader is if you're not able to. Um, so if you're cataphracty terminators, basically. <laughs> I guess maybe if it's like, let's say you charged in, and well, but no, but you're still not in combat. So I don't yeah. know. I don't know, when would you not want to, like, sleeping advance? Because really, realistically, whether you're sleeping advance or not, you're not in combat next turn. So it's not like you can the, to, like... the, the only example um, would be, I think, if you were in a very precarious position uh, and, say, like, a, a high a or a low AP blast weapon, uh, and you were, like, say, on a corner, and you um, don't want to, well, even then, I guess you consolidate regardless towards the nearest um, right, uh, that's kind of what enemy that you can hurt because like, oh. you're right at war. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was like, oh, maybe you don't want to because, you know, then you're out of combat, but it still doesn't make sense because they automatically, like, you've got to consolidate either way. So whether you're in combat or not, like, it just doesn't. Yeah. Rule size. Yeah. Rules aside, come on, they're world leaders. They're just yeah, push exactly. forward anyways. So, actually, <laughs> that could be a challenge to anyone who's listening who can think of a reason of why you wouldn't want yeah, a sweeping post. advance. Yeah. Let, let us know. Yeah, post, I'm curious. post, yeah. let us know. <laughs> That's um, There's no reason why anybody would ever not sweeping advance. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, want to let this squad live, I guess. Yeah, uh, and I'm trying to think if there's any reason. I, okay, so maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> maybe no, actually, no. No, hold on. I thought of it. If you're fighting demons of corn, and you don't want them to get killed in combat, and give them a victory point. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That 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 would be the one. That would be the. the one. Aren't there rules different though? Don't they? No, I I think if they get the oh. 
It's something Ooh, about yeah. if they get destroyed in combat, they get a point. If they destroy a unit in combat, they get a point. Yeah, but they're if... yeah, but I know, but I think they're fear they're fearless, aren't they? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. There, there goes my there goes my moment my momentary <laughs> uh, epiphany. Um, yeah. So the challenge is still on. Think of a reason why. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. When would you ever choose not to uh, not to sweeping advance, guys? I... Well, and let's be honest, right? That's that's one of the that, that's pretty much the only argument um, that you have that are for people have for Tartaros armor. Right, like, is the whole point of that you can sweeping advance, and you know that's the the downside of cataphracty, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So interesting. Um, so if you don't want to sweep in advance, take Tartar oops, yeah. or take uh, cataphracty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so red butchers. They there you go. Yeah. Um, the uh, the second um, right, um, which again is it's still a good right, but. I think a little bit less universally awesome is uh, the Crimson Path. So <clears throat> Forlorn Hope basically causes all infantry models with the Legion of Starte's world leaders have feel no pain while within the enemy's deployment zone. Models that already have feel no pain improve their role by plus one to a maximum of three. So this is where, you know, if you're taking Apothecaries or Galen Serlac, you know, you could have a massive 20-man inducti squad with a three-up feel no pain. Um, because Serlac gives your unit a four-up one. Um it also gives your characters, your independent characters, um, it will not die while in the enemy's deployment zone. Um, and they are if they already have that rule, you're getting plus one to a maximum of four. Um the limitations, obviously, um, missions with attrition or line breaker secondary objectives in play. The opposing player earns an additional victory point for each of these objectives the World Eater does not fulfill. Um, also, you can't include any immobile units or slow and purposeful. And, uh, of course, no fortifications or allies. So I know, Armin, how you feel about any right of war that uh or legion rule that gives your opponents more victory points um <laughs> yeah i know, you know that feeling too because <laughs> i play right? a legion that constantly has that ability to do so yeah so you know, know yeah you're just getting double double whammied um i think you know again when you superficially look at it people see the plus one feel no pain and the it will not die and think like, holy man, that's pretty significant. And and, and it is. But the the downsides to this with the, um, you know, the giving your opponents bonus objectives and the fact that you only get it when in the enemy's deployment zone, um, you know, th those are pretty limiting factors. Uh, and you know, one of my one of the the big things that I like about the other right of war is it just specifies not your deployment zone. So no man's land and the enemy's deployment zone give you the bonus, which is substantially more bored than just your enemy's deployment zone because that's dependent on the mission, the you know the scenario. You know, what if you're playing a foot slogging army and you're not drop potting? Um, you know, you could be not getting these bonuses for a significant amount of the game, which I'm not a fan of. 
Um, but if you build a list, you know, with nothing but apothecaries, inducti, Galen Serlac, um, and you are only where you need to be, um, yeah, it creates a pretty tough army for sure. Um, especially if your opponent doesn't field a lot of instant death. Yeah, you can definitely build like your army towards this right of war. Like they're very, both right of wars kind of you can see how you're going to build your army with them, right? Totally. I I I just think when you're comparing it, you know, personally, um you know, as a player, I play world leaders to kill things. So hatred is more up my alley versus <laughs> feel no pain. Um but uh it definitely, you know, a lo- I, world leaders can't complain because there's a lot of legions out there that their secondary rights of war are just utter trash and are not playable um or are just so leagues behind their their main one um i i do think this one if you're a savvy general and if you build the right kind of list this can still be a pretty formidable one nice yeah, no, good good words. Um, if you guys have thoughts, let us know. <laughs> yeah, write down yeah. in the comments. Which one? What red war do you guys use? <laughs> yeah, and, and and that's the joy of this game, right? Is the legions are such massive forces that you can play any legion and uh, you know justify it, right? Yeah. You know, heck, Games Workshop is justifying White Scar's dreadnoughts by saying that they were Terran Marines interred in them. So, <laughs> you know, if they can justify that, you can justify your world leaders ch- sticking in, in their deployment zone or taking gun batteries, you know? <laughs> Fair enough. In every book that they talk about White Scars, they specifically talk about how they're not dreadnoughts. Like, so huh. much. And then all of a sudden, they, they have them? Yeah, I guess Terran Marines are okay with it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, the, the the story is an ever evolving thing, right? You remember remember the days when uh, Black Templars um, didn't use astropaths to communicate because all psychers were abhorrent. Uh, and you know, over the years, it slowly changed to uh, you know not be that. And now you know, oh yeah, my Black Templars can ally with. You know, gray knights or you know, librarians. <laughs> yeah. It's an evolving process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the canon fluff changes all the time. Yeah. Well, some things make sense, some things don't. Them not being able to communicate doesn't actually make sense. <laughs> hey, no, they explained it away by using dark age technology communication relays that they just conveniently had on all of their ships and all the planet war zones they were on. <laughs> and nobody else has that. Like, why yeah. not? Have that? Yeah. That like the emperor would have used it. Isn't he? Isn't he that what he was literally trying to do? Instead yeah. of away from yeah, astropaths. Yeah. Yeah. Get away. Get away from navigators. Get away from astropaths. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> but no, overall, you know, I think. I, I think, um, yeah, the Rights of Wars are, are pretty solid for world leaders. So uh, did you guys want to take a quick look at the uh, the units now? Yeah, yeah go units? over the units, exactly. Yeah, so... We've kind of talked butchers. Yeah, yeah, the Red Butchers, we've already kind of talked about. Um, Rampagers, 
uh, Rampager squads are, you know, a elite slash fast attack choice. Um, as we mentioned, you know, they can take the the special Kadir, Kadir weapons. Uh, forgive my pronunciation. Um, you know, they're chosen warriors, so they can all declare and accept challenges. Feel no pain. Six up. They've got scout. Um, you know, they can be equipped with jump packs. Again, super fluffy, super cool unit. Just you know, not particularly points economical. Um, and when you're comparing them to other things in the army, you know, them versus a tactical marine, they're they're double the points of a tactical marine. You know, it costs 20, 20 points to add a rampager. Um, yeah. And you're literally only getting one more attack and scout and, the, and a feel no pain of six up. So, you know, fluffy unit, yes cool unit on the battlefield in terms of looks absolutely um you can make them pretty formidable if you gave them all special weapons um but you know for them you're looking at 10 points for each one of their gladiator weapons on top of you know the the 20 points a model and if you give them jump packs you're looking at like a 40 point model there so you might as well just get a you know a terminator <laughs> or four inducti <laughs> One one thing do notice about this unit, I don't know if there's any other unit that has it, but elite and fast attack. Yeah, so there there's a there's a I think there's a few in in at least one in another legion. Um but it it is versatile for for building um lists, especially if you're doing a campaign that limits that or you know um playing a scenario that does that. Um you know, especially for um, if you're looking to fill up the the slots, like if you're running a, you know, say a Terminator heavy army and you're out of elite slots and you wanted to run some of these guys, you could put them in a fast slot. And it kind of makes sense. They've got Scout, so they're supposed to be kind of like the, the vanguard, you know, unleash the hounds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can honestly say that... Um, you know, I I I've played them in fun games. I I've never played them in a tournament, um, just because you know, in in Ducti, everything everything they can do in Ducti do better. Yeah, different setting, right? Different. Yeah. Tournament fun play. Yeah. Fluff. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Um, but yeah. Um, other than that, you know, I think. Uh, um, do you want to cover uh, the characters or go straight to Angron? No, uh, go go through the characters because uh, you have Karn, yeah, Dar, Karn. and also uh, Sirlac. Yep. Can't forget yeah. about him. So, uh, you know, Karn, awesome character. Um, as far as, you know, he's got everything you could want in that kind of, you know, top tier space marine character, with the exception of Eternal Warrior. But you know, if they're not giving it to Abaddon, oh, we cut out there, James. Yeah, I think he means to say, if you're not giving it to Abaddon, you're not going to give it to to everybody else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I and I think Sigismund is the only space marine character that has it. Hey. Like for Thanks. first captain level, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, when you're looking at his stat line, um, you know, he's typical space marine, um, you know, Praetor with a higher weapon skill though. Yep. 
um, where you're really getting, uh, you know, some good use out of him is obviously he stacks really well with the Legion rules. So the fact that he's got, you know, four attacks with rage, with hatred, plus one weapon skill in a, in a challenge. So your, your weapon skill eight. Um, so you're pretty much hitting even some Primarchs on threes um, and, and re-rolling. <laughs> Um, you know, he's a pain train, um, especially if you give him Gore Child, right? So Gore Child giving him Armor Bane, Murderous Strike, plus one strength, AP two, you know, he is probably as top tier a Space Marine character as you can get in combat, um, you know, with the exception of everybody's favorite first captain, Sig Sigismund, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, and he has Rampage. <laughs> so, you know, this this guy can literally, if he's outnumbered, get on the charge uh, nine attacks. Yep. So, you know, you're, you're cleaving units. <laughs> then, and the other thing, too, with him yep. is, like, you know, if you're taking Gorchow, then he's more than likely he's your warlord, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's the, that's the only drawback, right? Is that if you're taking Angron, you can't get Gore Child, which basically you know gives him a AP three rending weapon, the Cutter. So you know, not bad. It's still got rending, you know, and with nine attacks, you're still getting a few reliable rends. Um, but definitely. Gore Child gives him another order of magnitude in terms of power. And if he's your warlord, um, you're getting plus one to seize, uh, or sorry, plus one to determine which side gets the first turn and plus Dude, one to seize. Yeah. So, and that's really you know, good. Like for his price point. Pff, oh yeah. 170 amazing. points. Amazing. You know, yeah. You know, he'll, he'll go toe to toe and beat pretty much every character short of, Primarchs, Sigismund, and you know a beefed-up Tribune, right uh, of of the Custodes. Um, so you know, and and with with Gorechild getting Murderous Strike, you know you get that lucky six to wound, and you're you're instant deathing that pain in the ass Custodian character. <laughs> yeah. Um. So overall, Karn, I think, is an awesome character. Great for fun games and and viable and competitive games hands down um yeah um shab shabran dar that was his name I, I i think i mixed up some of the letters there he's the uh he's the loyalist um so Ooh. he's uh yeah i know hey what the hell <laughs> what the heck um you know he's you know he's he's a cool character um you know if you've read the read a bit of the fluff about him um you know he's a centurion so centurion stat line two wounds you can give him uh, a jump pack he's got you know just power armor and a mastercrafted chain axe um you know he's got he's got rage hatred traitor space marines and feel no pain six up um so you know for 115 points you know he's He's better than like a bare bones centurion. Um, you know, he's got headhunter, so when he's in a challenge, you're gonna get Ren. So that makes it a little bit better. So, you know. Um but again, you know, you he's forcing you to take a loyalist force. Yeah. 
which means no blood madness. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just for me, he, for me, he's a hard pass for that alone, but, uh, definitely cool. If you're doing a, a campaign to me, he almost seems like he should have just been like a jacked up Sergeant. Really? Yeah, that, that that that's what he feels like, and and I think you know he falls into that category in 30k of you know the characters they just shoehorn in, yeah, you know for for shits and giggles, like oh you know we're we're low on our world leader character quota, you know <laughs> here's Centurion Shabrandar, um, especially when there's a lot of other characters in the world leaders who are fan favorites right no that's um, true that's true but uh let's let's go to my favorite character probably in all of 30k and one of the most um game changing army changing characters out of any legion um which is Sirlac. yeah um and uh, I, I I don't have uh, I don't have my my black book with him in front of me. I because I, uh, he's he's only in I think what book four book five. Um, Let me take a look so here. I, yeah, if you, if you guys have the points, I'll I'll start covering the rest of them because I, I know it off by heart. But he's like basically a souped up apothecary. Um, you know he's got a power axe. Um, he gives an improved feel no pain to your units of four plus. Um, but the, the game changing mechanic for him is the fact that what he does is unlock inducti. So as we mentioned earlier, inducti are actually not a special unit. They are just world leaders, tactical Marines um, that sacrifice two ballistic skill for a strength and they lose scoring. Um, but when you take that extra strength, take chain axes for another strength, um, you're looking at strength six. If you take the right of war, hatred, um, you know, they've got rage as well if you take blood madness. So you're looking at, you know, uh, one attack for tactical marine, two attacks for the close combat weapon and bolt pistol, plus two attacks for rage. So four attacks on the charge. And then uh, in that book, Galen Sirlak, along with any world leader's apothecary, can opt to crank the nails on on any unit, not just inductive, where basically you get an extra attack that round of combat. Uh, but at the end of combat, you roll a dice for each model, and on a one, they die. But when you think about it, Basically, a 10-point tactical marine, if you're running a max size squad, you're rocking five strength six attacks at AP4, re-rolling hits on the charge, re-rolling wound rolls of one on the charge, and what do you sacrifice for it? Two ballistic skill and the ability to score. Um, and uh, as anyone who's played a lot of games with, with me can attest, uh, scoring don't matter if you table your opponent. And uh, <laughs> this is the unit that'll table opponents. <laughs> so the that's only why... is, yeah, you, you sacrifice a sixth of your unit, right? Yeah. yeah and that, that's, 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 if you, that's if you if you crank the nails, right? Um, but, but let's be honest, you know, uh, most of the games that I've played, most of the games where you're taking a big man in Duck Die Squad, 
uh, you, you honestly don't crank the nails because if you're getting that charge off, you know, for those of you that are into math hammer, um, you know, the odds of a normal unit in heresy that's in power armor surviving that, even even in artificer armor, um, you know, without the nails, 20 of them gives you 80 attacks. You know, so mm -hmm. it's often cranking the nails is overkill. I think I think the only time that I've cranked the nails is when I'm fighting demon players. Uh, and I'm charging 20 Nurgle demons that are inside their ridiculous bubble. Um, when I'm charging a 10-man unit of Sekhmet or uh, a custodian, a custode squad. Um, and, and in which case, you know, a lot of units that they're fighting, um, like a lot of Death Star units, are Power Fist or Chain Fist. So if you can kill them before they can swing... Oh no, you know, you're losing one sixth of the unit, which is still less than you'd lose if 10 Sekhmet were dropping power fists on your face. Yeah, you pretty so. much want to try to do max <laughs> damage on the initial. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, but yeah, definitely don't be wrong. It, it, I, that rule in particular has burned me with characters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because under Galen Sirlax rules, it, it says, you know, hey, any apothecary. Uh, in any world leader infantry unit can crank the nails and any unit that has the legion legio right uh can can or sorry the legia startes world leaders can get it so yeah i'm uh i'm not too proud to admit that i may or may not have lost karn a few games to the nails <laughs> you know but we're world leaders that's the price we pay <laughs> exactly all right yeah, exactly, right? Well, how many times did Karn die? You know, <laughs> you know whether it was the nails or getting impaled on a rhino or Land Raider, whatever it was. <laughs> that, was a, that was a brutal yeah. one. Yeah, the la yeah, that was like, yeah, Loken, right? Loken just like threw him up and he gets impaled on the dozer blades or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of a recurring theme, hey? The world leaders get a raw deal. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah let's uh let's go to Angron. the big man um, himself yeah yeah so you know um tied with rust and sanguinius for the highest weapon skill in the game uh, at nine ballistic skill five uh above average strength of seven average toughness of six below average wounds i believe lorgar and angron are the only primarchs that have five wounds um above average initiative of seven um above average attacks of six leadership 10 obviously and then of course the dreaded three up save you know the <laughs> unfortunate distinction amongst primarchs of being the only one uh excluding uh istavan korax <laughs> um so when you look at his rules he's got the red sands which is Obviously, when we were talking about earlier, his ability to, um, you know, really rock out in in, in combat and uh, basically issue um, issue challenges. as many challenges yeah. as he likes. Um, it's it's pretty big, right? You know, especially if you're going against custodes players or missions that reward challenges, um, or you know. Um, 
uh, you know, I, I, a, a game that stands out in my mind is I was playing Bill's Space Wolves once, right? And, you know, sometimes you can eat a challenge and hide your 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 fragile character in the back. Well, not with Angron. He'll just issue six challenges. Um, you know, so that's, that's pretty big. Um, you know, he's got uh, um, Sire of the World Eaters, so gives him Furious Charge, so bumps his strength up to an 8 on the charge um, with before you include his weapons. Uh, gives him a 6-up a Feel No Pain, which has been FAQ'd, or sorry, errata to a 5-up Feel No Pain. Yeah. Um, so big, big deal, right? You know, that is essentially a 16.6% buff to his survivability. Um, and then, of course, all world leaders within 12 of him are fearless. So overall, you know, not the most game-changing sire rule, but de- definitely not a bad one. Um, you know, he's he's going to make your line unwavering um, in the 12-inch fearless bubble. You know, he's going to stick around a little bit more with his improved feel no pain. Um, you know, so not too bad. Um, when you look at his war gear, uh, armor of Mars, so that's the three up save and a four up invuln. Now, I I personally think, you know, um, and, and when you play a lot of games um, with world leaders, you often have your Primarchs in their Death Stars, right? So... To be honest, I I'm not so heartbroken about the three up save um, because often he's with a squad and two up Terminator armor, so you know he can look out sir it off, right? It's it's not I personally think is game changing. Now where you get into risky territory is you know like I'm infamous for breaking my Angron off and sending him off on little side missions. Um, so if you've got a, a smart opponent, you know it. It doesn't feel good to get Fury of the Legion uh, as Angron by himself. Um, but you know, what what are your guys' thoughts on his infamous three up save? It's uh, it's I... messed it's messed me over a couple times. <laughs> but uh, in the squad, like you said, exactly think... exactly how you said. You know, in a squad, he's cool. When he's out and alone, like plasma su- plasma support squad. <laughs> You know. Yeah, but but again, right? A plasma support squad. Yeah, I think it's a shame because it doesn't quite make sense to me, right? Like, yeah, when the emperor found him, his armor probably wasn't as good, and I don't know, maybe Angron would just like decide to keep his armor or whatever because you know he's that kind of sentimental well, guy. It's his same yeah, armor, right? From the it is the same from, armor. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. From the the so, red but, sands or whatever the it's pits. it's it's been buffed like it, like they talk about that I think in one of the novels where like you know it's the same armor you know it probably would have given him a six up save um, you know prior to the mechanicum working it but yeah it definitely in conjunction with him having the lowest wounds of the primarchs mm-hmm. definitely makes him a little bit more glass cannony yeah no that's um, for sure. Uh, the uh, his his other weapons, Gorefather, Gorechild, the famous axes, you know, um, plus one strength, AP two, armor bane, murderous strike. Um, you know, one thing I I uh, I forgot to cover is uh, under his rules, right? So he's got the Primarch rules. He has hatred everything. 
So I love that not part. only does this, yeah, not only Everything. does this guy have weapon skill nine, so he's hitting almost everything on threes. He's re-rolling those, and if he's charge, if he's charging in conjunction with furious charge, he's hitting at strength nine yeah. um, with seven attacks on the charge. So he and and unlike some other primarchs that have high strength attacks, he's hitting at initiative seven. Um, so Angron to this day, you know, with, with, he's, he's up there with Sanguinius, uh, in terms of ability to charge and do damage, right? A Sanguinius and Russ, um, in terms of volume of attack, strength of attack, um, he can knock out everything from Titans to units to other Primarchs. Um, so... You know he makes up he makes up for his fragility for sure I think, um, and that's before you're including the butcher's nails, which is for every character infantry unit that he wipes out or destroys in close combat, he gets plus one attack up to a maximum of ten attacks. Um, so you know yeah, because that's unit and like characters as well, right? Uh, it's it's independent, independent characters. Yes. So. It's it you know unfortunately you can't be like hey custodies I just wiped out your five man squad and you're all characters <laughs> but you know I think um, you know when you're playing 30k uh, you do tend to see still Death Stars with you know chaplains apothecaries primarchs in a Spartan his ability to challenge out the independent characters and kill them and then potentially kill the unit and the fact that he's striking at a higher initiative so he's going to get the killing blows more often on units um you know a 10 attack angron can go toe to toe with horus with russ with magnus buffed up um and all at 400 points so that's the other thing right he's he's not as expensive as the other quote unquote top tier primarchs um, I, he, I definitely he's kind think of he's on par with, with the first book, right? Like you've yeah. got, uh, you got Fulgrim who's cheaper, right? You've got Angron who's cheaper. You, you've got Horus that's very expensive, but of course yeah. superior to a lot of them, right? Yeah. So I, I yeah. feel like he's, he's well costed for what he is. Um, totally. And, and like you said, like, yeah, he doesn't give mass, massive buffs to the army, but he, uh, he's a good... He's a good standalone character, that, and it fits the army so well, too. Totally, and and you when you know we look at all the stuff we've already talked about, the world eaters as an army are one of the most buffed up armies already with their special. Like, how else could he buff them? You know, they've already got hatred. They've already got you know rampage. You know, um, you know. I guess he could give them preferred enemy, but you know they've already got hatred and they've already got the reroll ones to wound on charge, so it'd be redundant. You know, um, and if you, you know, if you made him too much of a buff to the army, then you know he strays into the territory of you know, okay, well this guy's just way too good, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you know for being a book one primarch. I think he holds his own um, and really, you know, it'll be interesting to see the lion is the only, the only combat prime, well, the only Primarch left. Um, but really, you know, 
Ross, Horus, Angron, the Lion, probably, and and you know, buffed up Magnus or buffed up Lorgar. Um, the rest, Angron is especially with the bonus attacks. He'll just he'll just mow through. So, hmm. I uh, I'm an Angron fan. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much it. So, any other things you guys uh, think are worth noting about the world leaders? I, I do have to. Uh... Really like their... What's oh, that? Go ahead. Right. I said I just really like their fluff, and I know we kind of talked about that. Yeah, they're just a cool legion, and they play exactly like you think you should mm-hmm. play them. Yeah. Right? So kind of nice. It's it's kind of nice to see a legion that's and. And, you know, we've talked a lot about, I think, the fluff and the, the campaigns, the cool factor. But, you know, one thing in competitive heresy, um, you know, Armin, and I, I know um, we've talked about it, is the, the the power creep that is indicative of all Games Workshop products, right? Where it really hit situation critical with the Thousand Sons and Custodes and well, actually, I'd say it probably started ramping up with the Mechanicum even before that. Um, and then, you know, Custodes, Thousand Sons, and then, you know, the demons of the, uh, you know, Maelstrom. Um, World Eaters are one of the few exceptions to the rule where I, I really think that they're still uh, a tier two competitive army. Um, and you know, can be tier one. Um, you know, I, I, I know that we had the, uh, on the one, the one battle report in which you, you know, you, you, you defeated me soundly with, with my competitive world eater list. Um, but you know, that same list, uh, won, you know, a few, uh, fairly competitive tournaments. Um, and so I think that really is a testament to the longevity of, of this, of this army and the fact that it's a book one army still able to beat and win tournaments, even with all the ridiculous power creep that we've seen, right? Like I, I've beat Magnus death stars in tournaments with my world leaders. So, you know, I, uh, I, I really hope, you know, um, when you look at some of the other legions from book one, you know, that went in the other direction, cough, cough, <laughs> emperor's children, um, you know, World leaders are sitting in a really good spot, and ha- and have aged like fine wine, in my opinion. Yeah, because the uh, the tournament you took them to was it in Chicago? Uh no, no, that one I uh no, I, I took them to Onslaught, which is a pretty big one out here in Western Canada and in, in, in Edmonton, yep. and uh, there was one other one I can't remember, but but you know we we play in a a pretty competitive meta. Uh, out here, you know, we've got, you know, several, several folks who, you know, like myself, um, you know, uh, you guys, like we, we, a lot of us have placed or have won uh, GTs all over the States and, and Canada. So like we're playing in a pretty vicious meta uh, for competitive heresy and, and they hold their own here. That's right. Yeah, that's well, for we sure. Can't. It's been a while, I think, since, since we have. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, well, with COVID and everything, it's been a while since we totally, totally. So um, yeah, no, no, and I, I definitely remember that game specifically, James too, with my Alpha Legion. I'm Alpha Legion 
stand on their own as well. And I found that it came down to a couple of dice rolls in the end. And I, I think we even like messed up some rules too. So oh, yeah, like we like you always I, I do, right? You hoping, know. Oh, for sure. I kind of was hoping for a rematch, but that's uh, not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> no, uh, no, unfortunately <laughs> not. But. Um, <laughs> But I think I think that game, you know, also, you know, if if you guys haven't seen it either, right? Uh, it was one of your competitive corner uh, YouTube battle reports. Um, it it's a really good indication of you know how how a competitive world leader list can play and also how to beat it, right? Because you really you spent the entire game avoiding it, right? You know, you, you know, Get you play. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like, you know, and, um, you know, I, like you said earlier, our games are always a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, um, you know, if, if you ever want to see well, kind of. Yeah, they don't always translate into best battle reports. No, right? because no. a lot of times competitive games tend to be less. Fun less fun to watch. watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They tend to be, you know, you're not playing like true with your world leaders. Yeah, you're playing aggressively. Right. Yeah. But. As, as your opponent, I don't want to play aggressively because it doesn't make sense. It's like throwing totally. myself against a grinder. Like it's ridiculous how how good they were, right? So I just have to basically <laughs> stay out of combat and, and shoot you. And if you had gotten in, it would have been a very different story, right? I, yeah. I think we had a couple of combats in that game. Yeah, we had a couple, you, you know, my backwards you, like, charging like, Leviathan. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that now. People, yeah. I, I remember. People I think people commented on that. Yeah. People, people didn't like that. But hey, you know, if you, you know, <laughs> you know, here's the way I look at it. We, we were having a competitive game, and uh, you don't, you don't, you don't win a Depticon, you don't win LVO by not taking advantage of uh, of all the rules uh, within reason, of course. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> It was funny, and I remember you and I sitting down and be like, "Is this possible? Like, can we actually?" <laughs> but, but you know what, though, James? Like, to be honest, that speaks of a failure in a rule. Totally. Because totally. Failure in a rule is the inability to consolidate or turn yourself even after combat with a vehicle, irrelevant of yeah. what you are. That doesn't yeah. make sense, right? So, like, if they had fixed that, even if against vehicles, maybe you only consolidate one inch, yeah. right? That would fix that issue because then you wouldn't have to do a stupid backward charge in order to make sure that you don't get shot in the back in the back entire yeah <laughs> totally so that's kind of i i, I feel like it, the issue isn't necessarily that we looked at a rule and we're like oh you know the reason that we even had to look at it kind of sucks because totally. you know, it doesn't make sense. like like i get why they don't want people consolidating its vehicles and yeah. you know but but even if one inch would let you reorganize your unit, especially with like blast templates, especially with totally. all that distant in seven or seven and a half or 30K, whatever you want to call it, like it hurts, right? You charge yeah. a dreadnought and then you're stuck there afterwards and then you get yeah, bombarded by blast and your unit one, white, yeah, right? You're, you're clumped. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. dreadnought charges another dreadnought and then can't consolidate afterwards. Like yeah. it really doesn't make Right. So like I get what the attempt at a rule was, right? But even if you kind of fix that a little bit, then I, I, I think you and I would ever have to look at that, right? I, th I think they should have just definitely. kept it straight across <laughs> yeah. straight across the board with consolidation, right? Doesn't matter. Yeah. That's what they should have done. Just kept it straight. Well, like that. And but... then it was changed back. Well, yeah. yeah. Right? And, and I think I think 
you know, I think that happens, right? Especially in battle reports, you know, where you're, you've got you basically only one time to film it. Like, you know, when you're playing a game like this, uh, you know, a lot of us have been playing multiple editions, multiple games, and like, so, like myself, right? Like, I've played upwards of 400, uh, 2,500 point games in 30k, right? Like, I, I play a lot, um, but you know, you still you make mistakes even in tournaments you know stuff happens and you know i think i think there's this expectation um you know when you're doing a battle report or if you're a top tournament player that you know you're infallible and it's just you know some of some of the games that i've had some of the biggest blunders with are at the top table of these grand tournaments you know just because it all blends together so you know <laughs> It's a, it's, it's, uh, it'll always happen in wargaming, no matter what, you know. Well, definitely, like, you look at, let's, let's pick LBO for example, you look at those big tournaments, and they have, you know, the top table will have a judge, they have a rules person, they have, like, announcers, they have multiple people watching it, right? Yeah. So, if something like that does happen, they can fix it, right, right yeah. then and there, right? Where, yeah, totally. you know, especially when we're filming and in normal games that you play you'd be surprised you make mistakes but you don't oh, totally. notice when you're watching it afterwards you're like oh that was a mistake that shouldn't yeah. have happened right yeah like i remember this. specifically it was a game with me and andy actually and i remember like shooting at a dreadnought and i glanced and i i even like i glanced i picked up my dice and i'm like okay i glanced you and i rolled the damage chart you rolled the result yeah Oh yeah, this is what happens. And I remember thinking about it afterwards. I was like, I literally said I did the math right. I said glance. You heard me. You agreed with me. And I rolled. And we both like decided that yeah, the result applies. Like it just doesn't make sense. Let, let's the game. Let's let's be honest. If we wanted if we wanted to play a a, a game that uh, you know was a little bit easier to remember the rules we'd we'd only play age of stigmar and uh, or, or only play 40k no offense to the the 40k only players out there but uh 30k is a you know you're a 300 page rule book <laughs> um you know so it's it's definitely in a an order of magnitude a complication beyond you know 40k and, and age of stigmar which is why a lot of us still enjoy the old format um you know, and, and and I say that as someone who plays AOS and 40k, uh, they're just different, right? And there are some days where I can play Age of Sigmar, um, and I would not be able to play a game of 30k because I just I don't have the brain power to remember all the rules. <laughs> yeah, no, been there for sure. Multiple games, just yeah, no, not today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just hope that those aren't the days that you've flown out, you know, to a tournament somewhere across the continent. Oh, yeah. All of the times where we've drank the night before, and <laughs> yeah, oh, we're showing up the game. So. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Andy hasn't I had think... his breakfast yet. He's going to make mistakes. You know, <laughs> I, I think overall, you know, when you look at world leaders holistically. They're a great army. They're a great army on the tabletop. They're a great army from the backstory. They're a great army from a painting perspective because although they are white and blue, you can go so over the top with the gore and the weathering. Like they are just one of those armies that I 
would recommend to people who are interested in any and all facets of the hobby, right? Because they they can do everything. And that's and fundamentally I think, you know, to jump back to the very beginning, that's what appeals to me about the world leaders. Because I'm one of those guys, I'm a power gamer, I'm also a painter, I'm also a lore junkie, I'm also a conversion fanatic, and it just checks all the boxes, right? So they're they're just awesome. <laughs> we'll leave it nice. at that for, for me. Nice. <laughs> you know, that's well said. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's probably about it. Probably, yeah. That's a good yeah. good place to end. <laughs> yeah awesome well thank you guys so much for uh you know for having me and uh for sure you it's know a pleasure um you know i know that uh COVID there's a few anybody pardon with covid and stuff we oh yeah <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> it's been like half a year it feels like yeah but uh definitely and if you guys are interested like for the listeners if they're interested in seeing you know world eaters um i think armin we we played two games on your guys's channel right we played a zone mortalis game which is really was really good for like the fluffy you know um you know just cinematic it was a very cinematic game and yep. those who are more interested in like okay i want to see how armies compete at a top tier level um you know that i think was was a great game to look at for that so two different extremes but um same army right and and same people playing you play alpha legion in both of them i play world leaders in both of them that's right well and definitely like if if anybody wants to actually watch that zone game again or watch it for the first time if you haven't and just listen to us there's a couple of easter eggs in there that we kind of set up that i never noticed like nobody ever mentioned so they're definitely still out there hidden and i, yeah. I don't want to say it because if people actually <laughs> want to go and check it out you remember james we were we we're messing around and yeah so there's definitely a couple of easter eggs in there guys <laughs> if, you, if you catch it give us a message sure. comment message me directly we'll see if like, i uh... See if I could link those in the in the video in the comments. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> do it because uh, I I would almost like give something to somebody who finds those because uh, um, <laughs> pretty subtle. Like, yeah, right. And I remember us having a lot of fun with it too. So it was <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was good. And uh, I think I think the uh, I think there's one other game too that I, I'm playing on your guys's channel with the world leaders. And that was against Bill. And I think I, I'm that one had some Russ versus Angron action. So if you're into Primarchs, that one was a good one too. So, yeah, definitely. yeah. Next time I come on, I'll be playing my Blood Angels. So nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. But yeah, thanks so much for having me, you guys. I've enjoyed the oh, chat, and uh, thanks for joining yeah, us, like, man. It's been a while, it's been and that's uh, good to see you're doing good and everything, and enjoying the hobby still, and. I know we're we're still pumping away as well, and always we'll new have projects. to get some games in soon. Oh, for sure, for sure. But yeah, I think that'll be it. Um, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, if you're checking us out on on YouTube, you know, like, share, subscribe, and we're on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. Subscribe, like button, all that stuff. Follow us. Don't forget Instagram as well. We do a lot of pictures, and I think there's probably some pictures of your world years actually james yeah in there, there is so. and uh yeah you know like uh i i know that uh, i'm a big fan of your guys and on your page and if anyone has any you know world leader specific questions um by all means right like uh shoot shoot me a message um you know i i 
if you if people are curious about what competitive world leaders are like in particular or or you know even just competitive gaming right what the lvo and adepticon is like at 30k by all means uh yeah shoot me a message too perfect exactly comments message them directly whichever it's all down there but uh, again thanks guys and uh yeah we'll see you guys next time peace